0: shout out to our sponsors Anglesey Family Chiropractic. He is in Coeur d'Alene and Spokane Valley. Dr. Anglesey is amazing. I've known him for 30 plus years. He helped me to get feeling great after not seeing a chiropractor ever in my life. He was the first one I saw and I am feeling great because of him. Go check him out. Anglesey Family Chiropractic. Tigatu Clothing Company, it's a lifestyle brand based out here in the Pacific Northwest, owned and operated by two brothers. I love this brand because they started in their garage as a hobby and they've blown this thing up. Look, their motto is freedom from ordinary. I definitely recommend you go check out Tigatu Clothing Company. Rewebbed Inc. it's a family and veteran-owned full-service digital agency. I've been working with these guys for a while and there's a few things that I can tell you about them. They're very trustworthy, they're transparent, and they're honest. They're on this mission to help small businesses grow and get modern without losing the value that actually built those businesses. They're definitely worth your time. Go check them out, reweb.com. Ian, you're an active duty U.S. Army and co founder and chief operating officer of Reweb, which is a full service digital agency. First of all, thank you for your service and thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I mean, we appreciate your support and. I've been following you and watching what you're doing and you're active in the military crowd. So we appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I I like to start my shows off going by, like going back to the beginning here, where'd you grow up and what was childhood like for you? Yeah, so I mean, I moved around a lot. So I was born in Northern California, lived there till was five. Uh, My dad was working in a mill and we were pretty poor. And so, um, you know, from there, he pretty much took on a uh, pharmaceutical sales job and that was his first out. Um, From there, we moved to Beaumont, Texas. Uh, from Beaumont to San Antonio San Antonio to Colorado uh, Colorado to Jacksonville Florida Jacksonville, Florida to Zimmerman Minnesota um, and then Minnesota back to California uh, and then I ended up enlisting and uh, joined the military and I left out of uh, Minnesota so I've been I've been all over the place as a, uh, as a kid we were moving uh, watched my dad climb up the corporate uh, corporate ladder and kind of go through uh, go through all of that um, so yeah it was uh, <laughs> there was a lot of moving, a lot of adapting, learning how to uh, meet new people and be personable and you know, get people to like you. Uh, that yeah. was a big struggle moving to a new school, especially dude, moving in high school. You know, yeah. you're uh, you're resetting everything again and you know, people have their clicks, so you're trying to learn how to fit in. Um, I was big into sports, so I played baseball. Uh, I was a starting pitcher, loved being the center of attention and on the mound. Uh, and I ended up throwing out my arm. So even like to <sighs> this day. I can only uh, I can only throw about two pitches and my arm shot. Uh okay. have Tommy John surgery if I wanted to, you know, play again. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the the death of that. And you know, I started getting bored. And when us humans get bored, we start getting destructive. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So uh so from there, you know, my dad got me into entrepreneurship. But uh, okay. when I was about 16, um he gave me my first uh my first deal, if you will. And so my 16th birthday rolled around and he goes, uh, you can have your Benelli supernova shotgun, you know, the shotgun I always wanted as a kid. Um, he goes, or you can have $3,000. And so I was sitting there and I was like, well, sweet. I'll just take the $3,000. I'll buy the shotgun and I'll win. Um, uh, and he was like, here's the exception though. He goes, you cannot use this 3000, uh, to buy anything personal. Um, it's an investment into a business and I want it back within six months. Wow. So I was sitting here and I was like, well, how am I supposed to do that? And I remember his response. <laughs> he just starts laughing. He goes, what I need to give you the money and tell you how to generate more of it. And he's wow. like, here's the money. If you want it, figure it out. Uh, so that kind of started the whole journey. I started a, uh, a knife sharpening company. So I went to home Depot. I got the one by 30 belt sanders and was going around to every butcher shop door knocking. And I mean, if it was a restaurant, a butcher shop, anything, i mean, I was hammering on doors at 16. Wow. You know, hey, can I sharpen your, uh, your $500 knives? Um, <laughs> So yeah, so that was kind of where that started. Uh, around that same time though, um, you know, my mom, she started uh, drinking, she got into, uh, you know, or she became a uh, alcoholic. So that kind of was something that was pending in the background. So as I was trying to like grow and, you know, do all this, these fun ventures, uh, we dealt with that a lot. And that was, it was an extremely difficult time. I mean, it was to the point where I wasn't inviting friends over, um, you know, I was kind of like hiding this issue that all of us families have. Um, and you don't really know how to handle having an alcoholic in the family. It's not something anyone ever, you know, teaches you to deal with. Totally. Um, so I handled it the best I could until I just couldn't take it anymore and I ran away. Um, it is now a year and a half later, I'm about six months from turning 18. And I looked at my dad and was like, I'm an adult now, I'm leaving. And, um, you know, he could have said no, held on to me for six more months, but he was like, it's no easier out there. And so basically it said, have fun, uh, yeah. allowed me to go and, you know, take on that venture, uh, which is where I pretty much wasted I'd say three years of my life. So from 17 to 20, um, you know, I'm still in the military. So we'll leave that whole phase out, you know, in three years when I get out, we'll, uh, we can have that discussion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went down a, a really bad road out there. I was doing some just dumb stuff. Uh, and then when I turned 20, my dad calls me again and he goes, uh, he's like, uh, I remember it cause back then he was very blunt and that was how he got through to me for me being as hard hit as I was. And, uh, he goes, are you done fucking around out there and wasting your life? And as soon as he said that I kind of sat there on the phone because we had had this conversation the year prior right. and I just kind of pressed it off and was like, I'm doing great out here. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't need <laughs> you guys. And then finally, you know, this year when he asked something just clicked, I remember sitting on my bed and I was like, I am. And he goes, you're going to pack your car and you're leaving tomorrow morning. He goes, I will pay for the gas and one hotel. He goes, cause that's all it takes between getting from Minnesota back to California, um, which is where he was living at the time. Um, and he goes, you're gonna pack what you can in your car, and I don't want any excuses. You're gonna be back in my house by the weekend. So I remember just sitting there, and I mean, I sat up and was just thinking about it, and I took him up on his offer and was like, it's time I started getting my life back on track. Uh, so went back to uh, to our house, and within six months, he got me. Uh, so keep in mind, this whole time that I dropped out at 17, I never finished high school. So I was basically a high school dropout at 20 years old, and had been lying on my uh, resumes and applications to get jobs. Uh, So like, for example, when I was 18, I got a a job at a car dealership, but really I was 17 and a half. But I put on my resume that I was 18 years old. And, you know, as I was selling cars and making a killing at it, I was loving it. And got in trouble for that. They found out I wasn't 18, you know, four months in, and they kind of just were like, how long? Said two months, and they kind of played the game of like, all right, you know what, we're gonna brush this under the rug and uh, we're gonna wait out the two months because you're doing good. Uh, so anyway, so we went and did all that type of stuff, had a hundred different jobs. Yeah. Uh, when I got back to California, I just remember like I hit the ground running. Um, we got my high school diploma at 20, which again, I mean, I thought it would have been a GED. Yeah. Uh, but I got the real diploma. Um, after that, then I went to the Air Force <laughs> and I walked into okay. an Air Force recruiter and I was like, I want combat controller or a PJ, a pararescue. And I was like, those are the only two things I'll take. Um, and keep in mind, I was probably six foot one, maybe 150, 160 pounds. And I'm walking in there saying I want to be a PJ and they're just looking at me like, did you couldn't even carry the kit? Right. And uh, I spent 12 months. So or it was about eight to 12 months of, I remember I did not like, I didn't have a job. All I was doing was just lifting and working out and training every day. Uh, you know, six, seven days a week to try and become a PJ. The slot never opened. So finally, you know, I go into the recruiter and I'm like, Hey, you know, I am, enlisting today or I'm, I'm going into the army so the army came around and i walk into their office i was like this is what i'm training for i'm signing today and uh long story short now here i am in the in the army and i'm currently with uh 10 special forces group uh supporting their guys and, and loving it out here so it's kind of the the long roundabout wow. story my upbringing <laughs> no dude that story is awesome thank you so much for
0: sharing that with me man <laughs> absolutely uh- that is such a crazy story, man. I was gonna ask, cause like, why? As you're telling that story, I'm like, man, when did he enlist? But so you you actually ended
1: up enlisting after
0: like around 20 years old
1: or so, right? Yeah. So I turned 21 two weeks into basic training, and okay. I remember because it was the second week. You're still in, I think it was red phase. If I remember their phases right, uh, and that is like where they're just smoking you, you know, the entire time for no reason. And uh, we'll, we'll get to it here in a little bit, but it was <laughs> kind of funny because my drill sergeant is I actually went through recruiting school with him okay. uh, a few months ago. And so when he was sitting right behind me and I'll never forget it, cause they said his name and I just turned around, looked at him and I had I did a couple of double takes and like the hair on the back of your neck stands up. Cause you're like, this is the dude that spent, you know, months just destroying me. Right. And, uh, so yeah, it was hilarious. But okay. yeah, I, I turned two weeks, uh, two weeks into basic turned 21. And I mean, it was every time they said my name, I was doing 21 of whatever exercise they wanted. And then at the very end of the day, they were like, all right, man, you were a good sport about it. Now, what do you want? And I was like, I want all of you to drop 21 times. And every single one of them, drill sergeants and uh, everybody that was around did 21 push-ups. So I was like, it ended up being pretty cool. And after that, I was like, I'm going to love the Army. This is great. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. So tell me how ReWeb came together, man. And and obviously, this is an entrepreneurial thing that you and your dad did together. Was he, he did sales for a
1: while, but was he kind of always an entrepreneur as well? Yeah, so he's been in the uh, the co- the corporate lane his whole uh, his whole career. So okay. he was actually um, when we were first living in California, you know, when I was like born to age five, uh, he was actually scrubbing the chimneys of a paper mill. And so okay. you know it's it, it's hot as heck out there, and he's out there scrubbing chimneys. And when he decided that enough was enough, he took the corporate route, um, and he started there. And now he is the VP of a, a, a pharmaceutical company, VP um, of sales. So he is still in the sales lane ended up working all the way up and i saw him do that uh, and that's kind of where reweb came around was um i took a zero interest loan from the army <laughs> so yeah. this is something that's kind of a uh, an interesting part of my army story is yeah. uh you know it was uh, four years in I think it was four or five years in and i re-enlisted but my reenlistment terms were i wanted forty thousand dollars and i was very specific about the amount i wanted because i knew with that money then I was going to start a business, and mm. if you, you've seen me wear this uh, Country Nav shirt around, so Country Nav, uh, this is the company where it all started. Uh, okay. So this is the very beginning. I started a clothing and a, or a uh, outdoor apparel company with that forty thousand um, dollars. Not gonna lie, for five thousand, of it, I went and got my lifted truck and went and had fun in the Fort Bliss <laughs> desert. And, <laughs> you know, you, awesome. you got to have to have fun with a little bit of it. Yeah, sure. But the, uh, it. the other portion of it, you know, I started the company. Um, okay. It started going well. I moved to Colorado because uh, I was at an aviation unit, and then now I'm up here with uh, 10th Group. Uh, once I got out here, I started really working on this, started hammering down. Um, and it was every time I needed a change to my website, I had to hire someone. And I just, I am a very independent person. I don't like having to rely on others, especially when I have the vision in my head, um, let alone trying to find a digital agency in the outdoors world. Like no one understands the outdoors industry if they understand tech. And so there's kind of like this this disconnect going on there right now. Yep. Um the entrepreneur entrepreneur in me uh saw the opportunity. And so I put country nav on halt, uh, took the funds that we were making with that, went to my dad and you know, when we play business, it is not dad, it's Bill, and he is now an investor and he wants his money. So there is no like you, you hear, and you see these entrepreneur families where everyone's like, Oh, well his dad's successful. He gave him this. Let me tell you, it is there's some phone calls of when am I getting my ROI, you know, and we're we're playing that game of, you know, it's bill. Um, and so that was very strict in the beginning. We set our ground rules, um, and reweb began. So I started learning, uh, web design and development. So there, I mean, so my wife actually laughs at me because, I would stay up and not even exaggerating. I took a week of leave. So seven days um, of absolutely zero of the army touching me. And for that seven days, I was doing 18 to 20 hours a day, uh, learning off of a platform called Udemy. And it was yeah. $5 per course of how to learn web design and development. And I coded for 18 to 20 hours a day <laughs> for that first week, the whole week I was on leave, left that and was like, all right, I think I can code some websites now, made the country Nav website and then started freelancing. Um, uh, working for other people that we knew building their websites. And, uh, then that was what really caught my, uh, my dad's attention was the profit margins and kind of how, uh, the whole web design space is. It's a very lucrative business if you are talented and if you can, uh, you know, continue to do the right thing and take care of your customers. Cause it's very referral driven. Um, people want to know that, you know, you have experience and that other companies are happy with you. And so once we started doing that, that was the first stepping stone for reweb, mm. um, From there, we started looking into branding because I knew there was more than just web development for a company. You know, I want to start being that full scope solution of, you know, I want to turn you into a brand. I want to make your website. And then after that, I want to do marketing with you too. Mm. And so that's where reweb is today.
0: Come on, man. Now on this entrepreneurial journey, when you first started with this apparel company and kind of transitioned to reweb there, what's a major failure that you ran
1: into and how'd you get through that? um a major failure so i mean there there was numerous i mean yeah. the uh the lack of credibility of i am in the military on active duty that was a first objection that you see a lot and so okay. that is something for a lot of our soldiers out there is you know they don't spend their money the uh for the, on on the best things we'll put it that way sure. and so sure. that was one thing that you look at and you wonder why soldiers do that is because the army takes so much of our time and it's almost impossible to be an entrepreneur in the military just because um, you know, prime example is we're running reweb, I'm the COO uh, and there's a lot happening right now for our scaling and growth. And last month the army called me and was like, hey, you're going to the field for a week to go train our soldiers how to do, uh, you know, skill level 10 uh, tasks. And so basically you're going out there teaching them how to shoot M240s and doing all of this stuff. And so, you know, I love that though. I absolutely love leading and, you know, taking care of our soldiers. And so of course I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna be happy doing it, but on the downside, then you have to fill in that gap on the entrepreneurship side. Right. So yeah. as far as a failure, um, you know, there, there was numerous along those lines of, you know, I failed to be at my post, if you will, for rewebbed because of the army. Um, there was a lot of that happening where I had to learn how to empower the people around me. Um, and that, that's a really big thing that I've learned in entrepreneurship is building the right team because your team can make or break you. Yeah. And then also empowering them and trusting in them that you're going to give them training. You're going to do the right things to help them learn and grow and that they're going to stay with you and that they're not just going to, you know, up and leave regardless of the non-competes. Right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that, I would say that's probably one of the the hardest things that I've had to adapt to. Um, I mean, as far as downright failures, I would say the first 15, 20 websites I've made when they start crashing because I'm a self-taught coder that <laughs> only had a week of experience in the beginning, you know, <laughs> four or five years ago or yeah. four years ago you know that was a very tough thing for me to do and yeah. it's just keep taking that next step you know you're yeah. just gonna keep stepping forward just keep grinding on and getting better on every website
0: yep man absolutely you and I were both fans of Ed Milette, and he's really big on doing a morning routine or having that kind of set to, to kind of kick off your day I'm big on the morning routine but what's your morning routine look like
1: yeah so uh, I actually changed my whole routine because of Ed, Ed my Um, he doesn't know it yet, but he's going to mentor me at some point in my life. That is yeah. something on a vision board. That is something that, you know, I would absolutely love to have somebody of his caliber doing the things that he's doing. And I truly believe he's genuine at it. Um, yeah. and so with that, I've been watching a lot of his content. And one of the things he talked about was breaking your day into six hour blocks and then optimizing every hour. Um, I thought I was good at managing my time. And then all of a sudden I came across that message and I started implementing it. And now it's, you know, from six to noon, how much can you get done? And you're optimizing every hour. So if I'm doing cold calling, uh, you know, and I'm getting 20 calls in from nine to 10, can I get 25 from 10 to 11? And can I just keep improving? Um, and then same thing though too, is he teaches a lot about reflecting and when you're optimizing, it's not about sheer numbers. It's also about where are you most effective? Yeah. Uh, and so for one of the things that I've learned is, you know, you can push out 25 calls in one hour, but what if you're more effective at those 20 calls? So if you're converting, you know, more people off of 20 calls that are a little bit slower, a little bit more personable, uh, cause people buy from people. And yeah. so that's, a, that's a super important thing is, you know, crafting those relationships and learning how to optimize. Um, so first and foremost, I have the army to enter, intertwine with this too. So that adds the extra, you know, kick of, some days I'll get up at three, some days I'll get up at four, uh, but I get my workout in first thing in the uh, beginning of the day. And that's how I start my day is I wake up, don't touch any electronics for the first half hour, go straight to my vision board and remind myself of why I'm doing what I'm doing and where I'm going. Um, from there, head off to the gym and I listen to my podcast while I'm in the gym. So uh, Bradley, Ed mylette Andy Frisilla, uh, you know, I, I like to mix it up. And I'll listen to a different podcast, um, depending on the mood I'm in, if I want to be yelled at Andy for if I want some good, you know, so, some good advice and the, uh, a little bit more laid back, um, educational stuff, I'll, I'll go more towards Ed my lead and, yeah. uh, then after the gym, then get ready for the army. So now I'm heading off to the army, go and do that, uh, at noon. So for our lunch break from 1130 to 1300 or uh, 1 PM, then I will, uh, check all my emails, I'll respond to all of our clients. I'll check in and make sure that uh, everything with the company is going well. Uh, and then, you know, carry on through the rest of the day. And whenever we leave the army, depending on what's going on that day, I'll get home. Uh, as soon as I get home, then I try to give my wife the first hour of me being home, kind of unwind, reset from the army. Uh, Cause you can't go into business with the same mindset that you just spent all day with the army. Um, right. And so from there, you know, she gets an hour, I unwind. And then usually it's up till about midnight um, 11 p.m. to midnight. I've actually got alarms on my watch to let me know when it's time to, uh, you know, a half hour before it's time to go to bed. So everything's driven off of my watch right now of like these time blocks. Yeah.
0: Wow. Man, that's crazy, dude. What a, what a crazy schedule. I thought my schedule was crazy, but you seem like you've got a crazy, insane schedule, too, man. <laughs> but, uh, dude, looking at your resume, so to speak, online, dude, you've won seven best warrior competitions, two special force commando competitions.
1: What do these competitions entail man? Yeah so that's, that's funny you did some digging huh? <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah so the one up on the wall is actually one of my uh, one of my favorite ones. So we made USA Today, the Army Times, uh, the El Paso Times, a bunch of newspapers. Um, so my last unit we were an intelligence unit um, and so that was down at Fort Bliss. We were in aviation and this is a special forces commando competition. Um, I, from my knowledge an Intel unit has never won anything physical, you know, ever, that's just not their, (laughs) their specialty. And so it was really funny because, you know, I take great pride in my physical fitness, um, being around the guys that I'm with right now. That's why I reenlisted to come here. Um, and I hate the stereotype of, oh, well you guys were Intel. So you're going to, uh, you know, just sit in the skiff all day and you're not doing any, any work. Um, you know, I want to outperform everybody. I want to make sure that I'm on that level and the unit that I was at, had that same mentality of guys too. Uh, So my commander was our, uh, he was the one that was leading the competition and we won it the first year. And everybody was like, oh, it was a fluke. You guys, you guys, you know, you just got lucky. So the second year we came back and we won it the second year in a row. um, And it's a super awesome cause. It's for Staff Sergeant Joshua Mills. Um, He passed away. And so he was a special forces soldier. They honor him with this competition every year down at Fort Bliss. um, And it's an incredible competition. And so it basically, it was, uh, if I remember right, it was five days and each day there's a new event. Um, and so you go through, you're doing a 12 mile ruck march, uh, you're doing like ammo can carries, uh, you're doing log carries, you're doing, um, I think it was five or 10 mile runs. Uh, and then there's a whole series of events in between too. Um, and so you're, you're basically being tested mentally and physically the entire week. Uh, and they're, they're tallying up the scores of who could do this. You know the fastest and the quickest. Uh, one of the events is an upper body round robin, uh, so your whole team has to be squared away because you're doing pull ups, bench press, push ups, sit ups, and I mean it is just they are testing every piece of you, um, and that's for the SF comp, uh, the Special Forces Commando competitions that we won yeah. uh, for the best warriors. Um, so it, those actually started all because I was a private and was trying to prove that I could earn the next rank of specialist, um, okay. and so I was a private first class if I remember right for my first win. And one of my leaders came up to me, um, Sergeant Huey, and uh, he goes, hey, you're doing this best warrior. And I had no clue what it was, but he he saw something in me. It was like, your high speed. He's like, you're gonna go do this. Uh, so I did it and I won it. And I was like, huh, that's kind of cool. So I won it for my battalion level. Then I went up and won it at my brigade level and I kept going. Um, and it was the regionals for Department of the Army. Uh, I actually, it was funny. So that 12 mile, um, I was running around this track and it's a ruck march. So you're doing a 12 mile ruck. And as far as I'm tracking, I still hold the record there. And I did a 12 mile ruck march with, if I remember right, it was 45 or 50 pounds of gear. Uh, and I did it an hour 45. So I just took off running. And I just remember I did not stop running the whole entire 12 miles. Um, and I think the next closest guy to me was about 20 minutes behind me. Wow. Um, and so what was funny though, is for this competition, there was a general out there and I had no clue, you know, his rank, he was out in civilian PTs. And you know, when you're, when you're in that very competitive mode, you are talking shit to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I was joking with him. I passed him the first time. And then second time coming around, I was like, come on, old man, you can keep up and was just joking with him, And you know, it was good humor. He was calling calling names and joking back. And when we got on the grandstand, then he was the general and he turned around and was like one of these, uh, like one of these athletes behind me and warriors. He's like, they were, uh, they were talking crap the entire time we were out there. And it was funny because at the very end, when I finally crossed the finish and I saw like who he was, cause he was in uniform at that point. And yeah. I didn't know that I had torn my meniscus and like numerous things in my knee. Uh, it was pure adrenaline, just wow. feeling. Me. And I just remember as soon as I stopped, I just fell over. And so that kind of downed me for a couple of years. And that was my third win uh, for a best warrior. And I didn't want to end that way. So yeah. I was like, you know what, I'm going back. And I just kept competing and kept winning them. And, uh, then once I got promoted to Sergeant, then I was more focused on that point of helping our soldiers and making sure our soldiers had experiences like that. Uh, cause in my opinion, once, we, once you become a leader, it's no longer about you. It's now you're, you're taking care of your soldiers and you're there for them. Um, and so that, that, that was kind of the the final hoorah was winning those competitions, going and doing all that stuff get promoted and now I get to help others do the same come on man that's awesome what a great story do that super excited hey I wanted to shift to
0: a couple fun questions for us before we end let's do I've, it I've got these things they're called pod decks it's purely random questions man I'm gonna pull this up hopefully it doesn't flop on us we'll see what this
1: says oh man what weird food combinations do you really enjoy What weird food combinations do I really enjoy well you know it's not very common and you know, I there are some people out there who like them, but I don't really mind MREs. If you've ever okay. had an MRE, then uh, you know that th- there's a lot of people on the fence that they're a complete trash. Okay. You know, I'm not gonna go out of my way and eat it for dinner, but you know that's something that if we're out in the field, everyone usually complains about. Oh man, we got MREs today, but you know. <laughs> I actually don't mind it mainly cause you're out in the field, you're living that experience. And, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I can, I can enjoy an MRE if I'm out in the field. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's great, man. I, I'm a music guy. So I always love to ask this question. What's a favorite type of music or
1: favorite band for you? I am very diverse. So I love okay. music. I will listen to pretty much anything and everything now. Um, right off the bat, I think of my playlist and it really just depends on the mood I'm in, but it's got a mixture of I prevail, Drake, um and definitely brantley gilbert so it's about as extreme of a playlist as you can get for spectrums but yeah uh, i love music so
0: love it man And, and i'm a big brantley gilbert fan as well myself man but uh ian such an honor to have you on my show thank you again for your time for your service man i think reweb's got some huge things coming thank you so much man for taking the time really appreciate it
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Thanks for watching the show
0: today. I really appreciate it. Hey, if this show moved you or made an impact on you or inspired or motivated you, that's my goal. Please go leave us a review and a rating wherever you heard or watched this show. Leave a comment. I will respond to all of the comments. I'm so grateful for you. Please go share this video as well. Thank you again for your time. Have a great day.